0: Our scripture reading this this morning comes from Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 26. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 26. This is the Lord's Word. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his word. As we continue our series on sanctification, we start to look at what it looks like to to bear fruit as people who live under the dominion of God himself. What is it that has to come out of our hearts? What is it that has to come out of our mouths? What is it that has to come out in our actions that will demonstrate not only to us, but to the world and God himself that we belong to him? For these fruits that we bear are testimony to us that we belong to Jesus As a testimony to the world that we belong no longer to this world, but to Christ himself. And so it's incumbent upon us to to understand what these fruits are, what it is that that God is changing us into. But before we sort of get into the nitty-gritty of those, let's recap a little bit of where we've come so far. Remember, the God who saved you, the God who justified you, It's the same God who sanctifies you. The saving spirit is also the sanctifying spirit. The spirit is not divided. The spirit's work is not truncated. The spirit's power is not limited. When Christ has come into your life and has given you the spirit, not only can you say with your lips, Jesus is my savior, but simultaneously, God is working a new work in you. And he is compelling you to follow him. He is compelling you to know him. We do not have to depend upon our own energy or our own work to say to God, look, we are doing your bidding. But we know that God himself will will carry us and push us forward into ever love with him. He who began a good work in you surely will be faithful to complete it. This assurance for all of us allows us to walk with God with utter confidence, knowing that no matter what we do, well, God will surely be there to move us forward. We no longer have to look deep in our hearts and, and, and see the residual sin and say to ourselves, if I can't follow God perfectly, without any sort of guilt, then surely I'm not saved or surely I'm not growing in my faith. We know that our sanctification, just like our justification, is by faith and by faith alone. In our counseling workshop this this past weekend, when someone had asked the question, when I'm sitting with someone and I'm counseling someone, there are times where my heart is not into it and I sort of just talk with them and i'm not listening too well but i know how to go through the through the motions i know how to be faithful in that moment to to love them and they ask the question am i a good counselor if I, if that happens on the other hand there, there are people who who will counsel and they feel like oh i i've got the spirit in me i'm ready just talk to me and i can give you I, 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 all, all this wonderful counsel, and I could pray for you with a lot more power now because my,
1: my heart, my emotions feel right. Well, let me tell you, it doesn't matter before the Lord how you feel. God is still there. Whether or not your emotions are there, And your faithfulness in simply counseling and loving people is what God wants you to do.
0: Your sanctification does not depend on your feelings. Your sanctification depends upon God himself as you obey him. And you start to learn as you get older and older, and I hope as our young congregation gets older and older, you start to even learn that even those good fruits that you perceive of, I feel good before the Lord, I feel good in counseling right now, that even those are tainted by sin. All things we do is by God's grace and grace alone. All things we do is for his glory and his glory alone. And as we walk with him faithfully, step by step, we decrease, and how we feel decrease, and God increases. We no longer search for just happiness in our hearts, but in following God and, and understanding that we have meaning in knowing Him,
1: in obeying Him, in working for Him, we find joy. And joy that lasts. This is the sanctification we're talking about. The Spirit works
0: in you. The same Spirit that saves you is the same Spirit that sanctifies you. We also learned that there are dangers in our walk with God, and it has to do with the law itself. That there are some of us who who believe that we need to follow the law perfectly in order to grow as God. That God did justify us, But surely the law is there to to help us to prove to ourselves and to prove to others that we belong to God. But this is apart from the Spirit. And we use that law to sort of judge ourselves and to judge other people. Are they going to church? I mean, going to church is important. But when you judge people according to their works, and you say, this is a good Christian, this is a bad Christian, You have abused the purpose of the law as a Christian, become legalists. On the other hand, we we learned last week about being antinomian. In in other words, the the cheap grace that, oh, I believe in Jesus, so I can do anything I want. So you live a life of licentiousness and, and do anything that you want. Thinking that knowing God is just a ticket to heaven and that's it. But either way, when you use the law to justify yourself, to feel good about yourself, or you run away from the law to, to, to satisfy your flesh, the error is the same. The error is that you are running away from Jesus instead of running towards Jesus. Because it's Christ and Christ alone that saves and Christ and Christ alone that sanctifies. And it's Christ and Christ alone that gives us joy in all things. It's his presence. The purpose of the law is to draw us to the beauty of his character, the beauty of who he is, and to want to draw near to him by obeying him. And in so doing, when we, when we follow God's law, our hearts are, say to us, I'm growing closer to Jesus. When we fail in God's law and we receive his, his forgiveness, we grow closer to Lord Jesus. It's knowing that the law and the personality of of God are not separate, they're not divided, but they're one and the same. The analogy that we looked at in the last couple of weeks was the analogy of a person. Each one of you have, well, I wouldn't say it's a law, because you guys change your, we we, as human beings, we change our minds too much. But we have preferences, do we not? in order for someone to love you and draw close to you, they have to honor your preferences. Like if you like to eat sushi, and sushi is your, your favorite food, and, and you don't like steak for some reason. If someone says, I want to be your best friend, and they just keep buying you steak, you're going to scratch your head and going, this doesn't make sense. My preference is steak, not, not sushi. And then that goes deeper and deeper. We, we honor one another by how we are made. But those preferences are are just that. They're preferences for us as limited human beings. But God is God. And his preferences are not
1: preferences, they're the law. And so our our joy is wanting to know God. And that's why we follow the
0: law. Because we want to go grow closer to our Savior Himself. I I hope you see a theme of where we're going. That sanctification, it's all about who Christ is and what he has done. It's all about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit bringing us back to Jesus all the time. It's for us to to practice the presence of Christ as we
1: live our lives day by day. For that's where the joy of the Christian comes.
0: Now, if if we take... That picture that we have, have drawn, and we come to Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 26. Paul just teaches us the, 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 um, uh, the, the simple outcome, the natural consequence of what it means to be a believer in the Lord. It says in verse 16, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. In other words, the Spirit lives in you. This Holy Spirit lives in you. You are no longer captive to your old self. You are able now to, to see God and approach God. And the desires of the Holy Spirit that lives in you is no longer the desire to live in this old world, but the desire is to live in a place where we see God and God Himself. And so the life of a moral life is not simply living a moral life simply to live a moral life. We are not stoics here, trying to figure out the best way to live our lives, the best way to control our emotions, so that we can live a life of, of fruitfulness according to this world. But we're trying to live a moral life because we want to know who God is is. In Proverbs chapter 1 through 3, we we see the writer talk about the fact that there are two women who are are vying for your attention in the square. There's Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly. And this personification of, of these moral attributes helps us to understand that these moral attributes have something to do with our hearts, have something to do with our desires, has something to do with who we want to worship or who we want to be with? Do you want to be with Lady Folly, the 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 seductive woman in the square, who wants you to lay, lay in wait and and consume your adversary, to go and, and 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 fulfill every desire that you have in your heart? Lady Folly calls to you, and the writer of Proverbs says that. The way of lady folly is the way of destruction, that we should not listen. But then there's lady wisdom who calls out to us as well, calls for us to to, to learn to live life here in a way that honors the natural order of things that God has created, that we follow lady wisdom, that this moral life that we live is is a a life that leads to peace. It's a life that leads to order. And so understanding these personifications in in Proverbs 1-3 helps us to understand that these moral laws in and of itself, again, is pointing to a person, not something that's anthropomorphized, but to the Lord himself. And the question of following these moral imperatives or to dissuade you from following the ways of the world is
1: to ask you Is Jesus saying to you, don't go to them? Come to me. Do not separate morality from Jesus, morality from God. Do not separate it from the saving work of Christ himself and the
0: saving, sanctifying work of the Spirit.
1: Once you cut off that connection, you will simply become a deist with no hope of salvation, no hope of a relationship with a God who loves you.
0: And so you who live by the Spirit,
1: who are no longer under the punishment of the law, the imperative is very simple and it's very logical. If you know God, and you love God, you enjoy His forgiveness and His grace and His mercy. then love him by obeying him. We know that the list of these things, immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, we can go
0: step by step to each and every one of these things. But we know as Christians just instinctively that any one of these things is contrary to the Spirit. There's no way you can indulge in these things and think to yourself, I'm I'm growing closer to God. I'm growing closer to Jesus. I'm growing closer to the one I love if I indulge in any of these things.
1: It just makes sense because the Spirit in us confirms that in order to grow closer to the Lord, we have to eschew these things. Walk away from these things. Now, I know that many people, when they look at this list, and when they
0: look at the world, the first thing they think is, I'm going to be missing out.
1: In order for me to make lots and lots of money, there are some things here I have to be like.
0: in order for me to really be successful in this world, there are characteristics here that I feel like I need to embrace. And you feel like you're giving something up
1: that's too precious to you. Success. Pleasure. Status in this world. Approval
0: from the crowd and the gang that are around you who are saying, yeah, 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 cheering
1: you on. But I tell you that if all you look at is what you're giving up instead of what
0: you are attaining, if all you can do is look at your past life and look at it with envy Instead of looking at Christ Himself, who loves you, who gives you firmness and calling, firmness in, 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 um, in, in,
1: in your direction in life, then you have yet to really drink deeply from Jesus Himself, or you have yet to see the dangers and the true consequences of following your old life. I say to you, and Jesus says to you,
0: surely knowing me and following me with whatever burdens and sufferings and challenges it comes comes with,
1: surely that is more pleasant, more meaningful, than anything this world has to offer. So our duty as God's people who
0: who have the Spirit to live in us is not to dwell on these things that we think we're missing out on in the world,
1: but to dwell on eternity and the love of Christ, a power and a joy I cannot compare to any of the
0: simple pleasures of this world. There's a lie right now in our world today. Our world wants you to be happy. And what I mean by that is, if we could talk about it in terms of of the medical jargon, is you're, you're looking for that rush of serotonin in your brain.
1: You're looking for that rush to feel good in your brain. We have internet. We, we
0: have um, the those, uh, those short videos that, that come up on YouTube or Twitter or Instagram. And I know that because you get lost, because I get lost in it sometimes too. I'm like, I watch one video for, for 15 seconds. I go, oh, and you just keep going before you know it. Right, like time goes. Time goes. The world knows that you're looking just to feel happy. Play video games, you're just looking to feel happy. You indulge in these things, you're looking to feel happy. You're looking to feel alive. You're looking for sh- a short term kick. In this world, people keep on looking for that. And in this world today, we, as even as Christians, we feel like we need to always be
1: happy in order to be a Christian who knows God. And that's, that's a lie. Joy does not come from, true joy
0: does not come from simply serotonin, your neurons, blasting all over the place. Joy comes when we have meaning in our lives, when we are building something for the Lord, whether it's our families for the Lord, whether it's our work for the Lord, and whether it's, yes, the church, building the church for the Lord. At the end of the day, when we have worked for the Lord faithfully and have sat down, and you're, you're drinking your tea, you can sit back
1: and go, thank you, Lord. What a great day, a joyous day to serve you. You see, the fruits of this world that we try to follow that are listed here, they're temporary and they lead nowhere. But to follow the Lord, to go through whatever trials or
0: tribulations that He has for us, knowing that we're in obedience, we're working
1: towards serving Him, working towards building His kingdom. Well, that brings joy. That brings us closer to the Lord. Sanctification is about us drawing close to Him. It's about us saying no and hating
0: the things of this world. Why? Because we're not in it for short term. We're in it to know the Lord, to grow in the Lord, to be close to the Lord, to build his kingdom and his glory. This is the joy. This is the way we grow in our faith towards him. Praise be to the Lord again. He who began a good work in you, he who began a good work at CCPC, surely he will be faithful to complete it. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Lord, we pray, Lord, for our church. Pray, Lord, for our individuals, our families. We pray, Lord, that you indeed, oh God, would be present here amongst us. Father, we know that for many in our lives, many here, Lord God, we wrestle, Lord, with simply finding meaning in working for you, Lord. We have bought into the lie, Lord, that says that to to be a, a real good Christian means to be sort of happy, happy all the time. But that's not the case. To grow in faith simply means to draw closer to you, your grace and your mercy. To have that almost quiet joy, Lord, in knowing that we are working for you, to be able to love our brothers and sisters well, to bear that fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, fruit that is in many ways not loud, fruit that in many ways is, is not obscene, but fruit that is quiet, enduring, faithful, loving. So, Lord, help us as a church to be likewise. Mature us, Lord God, for the sake of your
1: gospel and for the sake of our lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.